Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Packers in Law. I am Jake the Packer Veteran, and uh, yeah, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. Hope you're having fun with family and good food and doing some fun stuff, maybe seeing some movies, I don't know, whatever it is that you do. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that for us Packer fans, uh, Christmas came early this year, for sure. Um, finally got that monkey off our back, winning in Minnesota's shiny new stadium, uh, and also helping our playoff cause as well. So let's get right into it, shall we? So the Packers went into Minnesota on the December the 23rd, and they beat the Vikings 23-10. to Now, there were three turnovers, and it started out kind of ugly. But honestly, I think this is the most complete game the Packers have played this season. Again, that's despite the turnovers. Obviously, that needs to be cleaned up. Uh, we had three, you know, three fumbles, two of which the Vikings recovered. Uh, the third was that Jimmy Graham fumble that, uh, luckily, Jeremiah Allison alertly dove on it, even though it was initially called uh, not a fumble. They said Graham was out of bounds, and they changed the call. But still, good play by Allison there, just, just to make sure. And uh, then, of course, Rodgers had that interception, which was really... That's the kind of interception you almost never see him throw. Uh, and, you know, in, in his post-game press conference, he said he never saw... Um, I think this player's name was Harris. Uh, he almost never saw the intercepting player. Or he just said he, he never did actually see him. And that, that that's some kind of mistake that Rodgers, I feel like, really makes. I know I'm biased being a Packer fan, but... Uh, yeah, Anthony Harris was the guy who picked off Rodgers. Uh, you know, Rodgers said he never saw him, which was weird. So, yeah, there was the turnovers, you know, the Vikings didn't have three sacks. It looked like the Packers were, you know, even with that, they didn't really have that much issue moving the ball. You know, still got to have three field goals in the first quarter and then, you know, a touchdown in the third and a touchdown in the fourth. You know, Rodgers didn't play his best game. Uh, you know, 26 of 40 for 216 yards, no touchdowns, and, of course, that one uh, on Rodgers-like interception. Aaron Jones, though, of course, in... The way it's gone this season, he seemed to pick up the slack. 23 yards, or excuse me, 23 carries, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, for those of you who didn't can't do the math, uh, that is 6.7 yards a carry. Don't worry, I can't either. I just have it in front of me. And uh, Devonta Adams, 13 catches for 116 yards, no touchdowns. Also, Alan Lazard chipped in with a healthy five catches for 45 yards as well. Um, and... So the offense kind of went the way we, we it's been going this year. Either Aaron Jones is a big game, or Aaron Rodgers is a big game. This time it was, of course, Aaron Jones, who uh, helped me in one of my fantasy leagues with his explosion. Uh, really, that end run kind of sealed it for me. So thank you, Aaron Jones, for that. Uh, but also the defense. Um, the defense allowed 10 points all in the first half, uh, and they often had to work with a short field in the first half due to those turnovers because uh, all the turnovers were in the first half of the game. Um, and so the D, like for example, after that first fumble by Jones, and then you know Kendricks returned it to the ten, you know just to hold him to a field goal there, that was huge. I mean, you start with a touchdown there, and again, that's a play that can change the entire complexion of how the game worked. But boy, did the defense really step up, and of course, we have to talk about Zadarius Smith. Uh, you know, maybe upset that he didn't make the Pro Bowl over. Uh, uh, Khalil Mack, I almost couldn't remember his name, which is crazy because we've been talking about him for so long. Which, I don't think I talked about this last week and I wanted to. You look at the stats, and if I did, you know, I guess skip over this part, but you look at the stats and, man, 
Zadarius Smith is having a way better season than Khalil Mack, but obviously Khalil Mack is a bigger name. He was a first-round draft pick. I'll be honest, I had no idea who Zadarius Smith was until the Packers signed him, uh, you know, last summer. But, you know, Zadarius Smith has more sacks. He has way more quarterback hits, more hurries. The only stat I think that Khalil Mack has, is doing better than Zadarius Smith in is assisted tackles, which, who cares? Uh, but yeah, so Sedarius Smith, you know, three and a half sacks. Has actually had the, also had the most tackles uh, on defense for the Packers in Monday night's game. Um, but, you know, he, boy, it didn't matter who he matched up with. He made at least one devastating move and just, like, blew past the guy or overpowered him to get pressure on Cousins. Uh, and really, one of the keys to the game overall was both of the, I feel like both of the Packers' lines dominated for the most part. Uh, I know I said they laid that up three sacks. Um, but you know, obviously Jones had all the all tons of rushing yards. Rogers had time to find receivers most of the time. Uh, I'd say pr- definitely defensive line dominated the Vikings more than the offensive line dominated the Vikings. But for the most part, both lines were very good. Um, so with the defensive showing and then the offensive showing again, it seemed like our most complete game of the year again, despite the turnovers. I mean, yeah, no points in the second half for the Vikings. Uh, and and with, with the offense, it seemed like. The Packers would get in range. I mean, Jones had some good runs in the midfield portion of the of the field, but it seemed like you know they would pass to Adams to get into range for the touchdown. And then Jones would kind of finish it off. Obviously, he you know did it pretty much himself on that fifty six yarder. But that first touchdown he scored, there were a couple big passes to Adams uh, that got them in position to to make that play. Um, and again, you know, this was as I said, I, I was banking on the fact that the Packers would learn their lesson from San Francisco when they had, you know, a chance to get the one seed or be a yeah, pole position for home field. And that they would come into this game with purpose. And, again, it's it could have started off much worse. I, I do want to say that. But, again, the defense was so good uh, overall in this game, especially with the short fields they had to work with. Just overall, I was very impressed. Uh, like I said, Packers finally win at U.S. Bank Stadium, and of course that means that Kirk Cousins is still winless, uh, 0-9 to date on Monday Night Football for his career. Uh, for Unsung Hero this week, I'm actually not going to name a player. I'm going to say tackling. Uh, watching the game on Game Pass, the replays and such, uh, I feel like this was the be- Packers' best tackling game overall. Obviously there were still some missed tackles here and there, but there are a lot of plays I remember like watching it live where I, you know, kind of said to myself as it happened good tackler that was a nice you know solid tackle you know lots of situations where you know a vikings player had them be able to break one tackle could have gained you know five additional yards and those plays were mostly stopped um so i feel like you know that was really the unsung hero of this game and one of the reasons why the defense played so well also i gotta give a shout out to kevin king uh, i feel like of course everyone's talking about aaron jones and rightfully so but he also, you know, he had that big interception after Devontae fumbled after that nice uh, pass completion. Uh, really swung the um, momentum back in our favor, which was nice. Uh, because, you know, again, that could have turned out differently if the Vikings going on there and score again. Uh, I do want to give Kirk Cousins props. I mean, he did not play a very good game. But that pass he threw to Stephon Diggs uh, for the touchdown over... I mean, Jair Alexander was all over him, and he just dropped right in there. That was impressive. Uh, I just want to give him... I know don't give a shout-out to opposing players. I know Kirk Cousins is sort of much maligned, but I was very impressed by that. Um, I thought there was no way, you know, if, obviously if Jair Alexander had, you know, been able to locate the ball, he might have been able to pick it off or at least knock it away, but still. Excellent pass by Kirk Cousins. Really was his one big highlight of the game. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, Packers go to Minnesota and win. They are now 12 and three on the season. Uh, Vikings now drop to 10 and five. Uh, so before we talk about the playoff picture, of course, let's quickly go and see what our our cohorts in the NFC North did. As we just talked about, the Vikings lost to us 23-10. They're now 10-5 and and will finish the season at home against the Bears. Uh, the Bears lost to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football at home uh, the other night, 26-3. They're now 7-8 and and will finish this, the season at U.S. Bank versus Minnesota. And then the Lions uh, lost to the Broncos in Denver, 27-17. Uh, Sunday, that was a very good-looking game. I thought the uh, Broncos were wearing their color rush orange jerseys, and the Lions wisely decided to wear their blue pants. Uh, if you haven't seen pictures of it, go check it out because blue and orange is a very nice color combo. That's my little uniform tidbit for this week. Uh, but anyway, I, so the Lions dropped to three uh, eleven and one, and they of course will finish the season against the Packers in Detroit. Uh, so before we get into that specifically, let's quickly go back to the playoff picture. So, of course, the Packers won, so that means that they're still on track for the number two seed and that very tempting and uh, all-important first-round bye. Uh, with that loss, the Vikings are now locked into the number six seed. Uh, no matter what they do, they can lose, they can win. They're just that, that, That's where they're going to be, number six seed in the playoffs. Um, now, for the one seed, you know, we talked about this last week. I said the you know, Packers needed some help. Uh, basically, the Rams and the Seahawks need to each go one-and-one over the last two games for the Packers to take the one seed. Obviously, the Packers have to win out to complete that process. And, you know, I said the most likely scenario was that the Rams would beat the 49ers uh, and then, you know, lose. And so the 49ers would lose to the Rams and then beat the Seahawks in Week 17, and that the Seahawks would beat the Cardinals and then lose to the 49ers in Week 17. That's what I thought. But, uh, you know, reality decided that, that was not going to be the case. Um, so the Rams, who were still fighting for their playoff lives, Probably should have won this game, but of course, if you know, on the final drive, the uh, 49ers converted two third and 16s to set up the game-winning field goal and to beat the Rams and effectively eliminate them from the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, boy, they had a terrible game against the Cardinals at home. And, you know, I was thinking when I was talking about this last week, the Cardinals actually, in recent years, have played very well in Seattle. I don't know what it is, but they just, they've actually won a couple games there over the last five years, and it is a tough place to play. I mean, don't get me wrong, but... I did not think this was going to happen, that they would you know, be able to pull out against a Seahawks team, again, with everything to play for, and a Cardinals team just kind of playing out the string. But boy, did Seattle have a rough game. You know, They lost They lost both of their other two healthy running backs, uh, Chris Carson and C.J. Procise. Uh, so basically they had a rookie who was the only guy left, and then this week they signed Robert Turbin and Marshawn Lynch. That's right, Beast Mode is now back in Seattle uh, to help sort of uh, fill out the running back position for the Seahawks. I don't know who the starter is going to be. I'm guessing it's going to be Marshawn. Uh, I don't know if he would have come back if, you know, he hadn't been offered the chance to start. But we'll see. We'll see on Sunday night when the when the Niners and Seahawks square off um, to end the season. So obviously, if the, you know, if assuming the Packers beat the Lions, which I think is going to happen, the Seahawks will need to beat the 49ers for the Packers to then launch themselves into the one seed uh, and then have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which would be really nice because I think most of these teams would rather have come play at Lambeau in the frigid temperatures than go to, say, California again or out to the West Coast at all uh, since we have not played very well there this season. Um, now, there are some, mostly my dad, I was talking to my dad about this, some people think we should keep the two seed and hope that the 49ers you know, beat Seattle. Um because that way, 
the only way we could possibly play the Vikings is if we played in the NFC Championship game. And there's this whole thing. I was talking about this with Andy uh, a couple days ago. There's this whole thing that you know people have about playing your div- playing a divisional foe in the playoffs, especially when you beat them twice in the same year. It's very tough to beat a team three times in a row, uh, which is true. You know, obviously that team is you know probably upset that they lost to you twice. But then the chance to you know get revenge in the playoffs, like the only one that really matters, quote unquote. Uh, I feel like that's also, you know, obviously a huge motivating factor for that other team. And just to advance in the playoffs yourself. I mean, regardless of who you're playing as. Uh, but I'm going to say, I don't think it's a good idea to, you know, obviously we want the Packers to win so that they for sure have a two seed. But honestly, I'll watch that game t- uh, Sunday night, 49ers and Seahawks, and I don't care what happens. But if the with the one seed, I'll be happy about it. You know, if you're worried about playing the Vikings because you think that, you know, the third time will be the charm for them, which it could be, you know, they're a decent team. They'll probably have Delvin Cook back by then, so that'll obviously change their game plan. Uh, that's actually something I should have mentioned. You know, Packers dominated. Obviously, if the Vikings had Cook or Alexander Ranson, again, totally different game, but, you know, Packers can't control that. You play who you play, so, um, yeah, good win. But anyway, you know, the I'm sure the Vikings will have Delvin Cook back by then, uh, or at least he'll be healthier uh, if he's not 100%. And, um, I mean, if you're so worried about playing the Vikings because you you don't want the Packers to lose to the Vikings this year, I mean, wouldn't you rather lose to them in the divisional playoff than the NFC Championship game? You know? Uh, if that's the logic you're going by, you know, you don't want to lose to the Vikings. Obviously, you know, you don't want the Packers to go one and done, but do you really want to be the team that let the Vikings make, make to the Super Bowl? Really? Uh, so, yeah, I'm saying let's get the one seed. If the, and, you know, the other thing, too, is this presupposes. So let's say that, you know, the Packers do get the one seed. They beat the Lions. The Seahawks beat the 49ers. You know, that's still suppo- that, that is still supposing that then in that case, if the Saints are the three seed, that the Vikings will then go into New Orleans and beat the Saints. You know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, especially after the Minneapolis miracle. And, I mean, honestly, I think the Saints are the team the Packers don't want to play. Uh, the way that they've been bounced from the playoffs the last two years, you know, both in heartbreaking and controversial fashion, uh, I think they're more motivated than anybody to, you know, make a Super Bowl run. So that's a team I'm kind of scared of, honestly. But, you know, again, all this is supposing that the Vikings beat the Saints or whoever ends up being the three seed, uh, which, you know, could be Seattle as well, I think, at this point. So that, that, that supposes the Vikings go on the road and win a game there, which, you know, they could. I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but, again, you're making a lot of assumptions to assume the fact that if the Packers got the one seed, then they would play the Vikings at number six. Um, you know, would I rather not play the Vikings again? Sure. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, you, you, you can't control this. You play who you play. The Packers are the one seed. They're the best team in the NFC. They should be able to beat anybody who they play regardless of, you know, the circumstances. So uh, I'm not in favor of – I won't be happy if the Packers don't get the one seed. Um, honestly, I'm fine either way. As long as we hang on to that first round bye uh, and get a home playoff game, that's more what I'm concerned about. So uh, let me take you back – oh, real quick, I think a lot of the reasons why people are freaking out about this is because you think back to the year 2004, Packers beat the Vikings twice in the regular season – uh, you know, have a home wild card game against the Vikings that first week of the playoffs, and of course that was the famous Randy Moss Moon game. 
Uh, I think Packer fans are still probably feel some residual burn from that, so they don't want to repeat that. I get that, but I say don't let that influence your decisions now. Get the one seed, and everything else will figure itself out. Uh, but speaking of past playoff scenarios, let me take you back to the year even further than 2004, 2002. Uh, the last time the Packers could have had a bye uh, with a win, you know, but then they lost and didn't get a bye. So it was 2002. The Packers were, I think, 12 and three on the season, and they were playing the New York Jets. So it ended up being a wild card team uh, that year in the playoffs, and uh, all they had to do was beat the Jets. Who, were, who finished the year. They were 8-7 and seven at that time. They finished the year 9-7 because they lost. The Packers got crushed. I think it was like 41-17. to 17. And so instead of getting... Actually, and if they would have won, they would have been the one seed uh, that year. But instead, they got bumped all the way down to... Um, I believe they were the three seed. So they ended up playing the Atlanta Falcons in the uh, wildcard round. And, well, we all know how that happened. Michael Vick became the first uh, road quarterback to win at Lambeau in history which, of course, was very depressing. And the Packers really just never had a chance in that game. Michael Vick just ran circles around him. Packers didn't even score until the fourth quarter. It was bad. Um, so, with that said, you know, not, not, not saying that the Packers of 2019 are drawing inspiration from the Packers' 2002 failings or anything, because I don't think they are. But uh, just, just something that I remembered while putting together notes for this game, being very disappointed that the Packers, you know, couldn't get done. Now, of course, the Jets did go on in the first round, and they managed to just destroy Indianapolis 41 to nothing uh, in the first round. So, you know, maybe they were actually pretty good, even though they were only 9-7. They apparently got hot at the right time. Of course, they lost the next week in the division round, but, you know, that's all in the past. But I just thought that was interesting. So let's very briefly and quickly here talk about Detroit, uh, the Packers' opponent this week. You know, it's two opposite teams, one team vying for playoff position, one team with nothing to play for, playing their third-string quarterback. Uh, that said, you know, everything I said about these division games, that they're weird and weird things happen, that still applies, obviously, because, duh, the Lions are in the division. Also, it's at Detroit. Uh, we all know how the Packers played last year. You know, I'm sure Mason Crosby will have to answer a lot of questions this week about the last time he played in Detroit. For those of you who forgot, and I don't blame you, that was the game where he was 0-5 uh, with field goals in that game. So, um he might have made one at the end or made an extra point, but he basically had the worst game of his career. Uh, so I'm sure he'd love to uh, forget that game. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the Lions, you know, nothing to play for, but I'm sure they would love nothing more than to prevent the Packers from getting a first-round bye. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be motivated. And honestly, all the pressure is on the Packers. The Lions are playing for nothing. Uh, so, you know, it's again the Packers are supposed to win again, quote unquote. And I, you, you guys know how I feel about this. When the Packers are supposed to win games, uh, it just seems like I've seen too many times in my life again where they just they don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, but the Packers have everything in front of them. All they have to do is win their games, lock up a bye, and then see what happens to maybe get the number one seed. Uh, look, the Packers should beat the Lions. They're playing their third string quarterback. You know they're going to be feisty. Like they're not going to lay down because again. In the Lions' minds, the Packers are their biggest rival. And, again, they would relish the opportunity to steal, you know, make the Packers have to play uh, next the week after this weekend. So, instead of resting. Uh, but, really, just win. You know, just win, baby. Al Davis, you know, rest in peace. You know, Packers should beat the Lions. They're the better team. They have more to play for than just pride or spite. You know, they have actual, real playoff stakes invested in this game. You know, if they can 
bring what they did against the Vikings defensively, and then you know if Rodgers can step up a little bit, and then Jones can also keep at a consistent pace, which we haven't seen this year yet. Um, look, the Packers should just win the game. Just win the game, do your job, beat the Lions, and then see what happens as we go into the postseason. Uh, so yeah, that's the episode for this week. As always, you can find us at packtothefuture.com. It's Packer Fan Side. There's articles and other podcasts there. Go check it out. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us, packersinlawgmail.com. Uh, ask a question, get around the show, what have you. Um, yeah. So again, have a happy holidays and uh, a Merry New Year. We'll uh, Next episode will probably be in the New Year. So this is, I guess this is, yeah, the last Packer episode of 2019. Packers in Law episode of 2019. So... Uh, it's been a, a great 2019 so far and hopefully early 2020 continues to also be great and with that said we'll talk to you guys next week <laughs>